Are we ready for announcements? Hey, happy fall, y'all. So glad you're here. I'm waiting uh, for some, some pumpkin of greatness out here in the field. It's kind of dark, lonely. So while I'm here waiting, why don't I give you the announcements? Hey, guys, we're starting our Operation Christmas Child Drive. Uh, there's boxes available for you uh, in the Children's Church foyer. You're welcome to grab one of those, fill that out. There's also great opportunities to do those online now uh, at OperationChristmasChild.com or whatever their website is. But hey, listen, if you do grab one of those boxes, they're due here by November 21st. So don't forget that. You're welcome to grab a box, bring it here by November 21st. Anytime after that, and it won't go anywhere. So remember that. Also, coming up, some other important announcements. One more youth will be meeting here at the church November 3rd at 6.30. That's our meeting for junior high and high school students. It's going to be a great time, so invite the junior high and senior hires in your life. And if you are one of those, please come on by. We'll have a great time. Hey, also, November 7th, that's next Sunday here at the church, we have a newcomer's lunch. If you've been coming in the last month or two and you want to get to meet the staff a little bit and get to know us a little better, that's a great opportunity. So that'll be November 7th after the 11 o'clock service. Um, Grief Share, another group that meets here, that's going to be meeting here November 7th. Okay, that's here at the church Sunday. I believe they start at 630 uh, there's all sorts of cool online groups if you're joining us online that you can uh, participate in. We have several women's groups uh, that meet virtually along with our women's groups that meet here in person. And um, yeah, so anyway, that's the announcements. Also, remember to get your app, the Keys Vineyard app. Uh, like my kids said, it's free. Uh, you can watch worship, uh, the message. Definitely download that available on your favorite app store. And if you've already downloaded it, go to your app store. Give it a five-star review because I would like that. Five stars are nice. Don't give it like a two-star review. That's rude. Five stars. This many. One, two, three, four, five. Let's, let's get ready for church. Woo! That was wooey, wooey good. Good morning. Welcome to the Vineyard Vineyard Virtual Family. We're so glad to have you with us. We're getting ready to jump in here. Uh, it's going to be a great time of worship. The first set of worship was awesome. And so now that you're here, it'll be even better. Then I'll be in John chapter 6. Uh, are you talking to me? And so get your Bibles ready. Here we go. Good morning, everybody. It's great to see all your faces. I've missed you. It feels like it's been a week or something. It's been, yeah, it's been a long week. Lots been happening. <laughs> well, when you say it's been a long week, it was a good week. It's been a full week. How's that? There you okay, go. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. My bad. Come on now. I'm sorry. You I'm live still waking with me. Up. Can't be a long. <clears throat> Us musicians, we're not always actually awake this early. I'm awake, but you know, I'm still waking up. Hopefully, you're getting your coffee. There's some good baby's coffee out in the foyer. I'm going to tell you guys what we'll be attempting to do this morning. We're going to start things off with communion. Chaplain Doug is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship, which we had a really great time last night and this morning at 8. So we're really looking forward to spending that time with you guys. We've got one of my brothers, Ed, in town and his girlfriends helping us out over on the ukulele. So, uh, yeah, it's been a really fun morning. All family up here. After worship, Pastor Regina will come up and lead any kids who'd like to join her through a Bible verse, and then we'll dismiss them off to Sunday school. As a reminder to you fourth and fifth graders, we've opened up the fourth and fifth grade classroom that's upstairs, all the way at that end of the hall. 
That's the Jonah room. So if you're in fourth or fifth grade, you get your new room back. Woohoo! And then we'll get into the word with Pastor Steve. Before we get into any of that, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? We welcome your presence, God. It's the only thing we want. Thank you for all that you're doing in our hearts and our lives. And God, we invite you to move deeper. We want our hearts to beat with your heart. And we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collet. Lord God, keep your household, the church, grounded in faith and love so that by your protection, it may be free from all adversities and may devoutly serve you in good works to the glory of your name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body, take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he took the cup. It was the last night of the Passover celebration. The cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered there with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance or remembrance, which we call communion or the Lord's table or the Lord's supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal, the bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. And we want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again. And we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion, the bread, the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. The table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this morning and you feel led by the Spirit, please come, partake, remember, and give thanks. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Chaplain Doug. We're going to enter into our time of worship now, and I would encourage us all to sing out and to to participate in this time. If you're joining us online, please sing out in your living rooms. It makes a big difference when you do. When we're here in the room, we can hear you guys join us in this time of worship. So please lift out your voices. It's so encouraging when we sing together. We'll see the words pop up all over the place. You guys are welcome to sit, but you know what? Stand if you're able and let's sing Heaven Invade This Place. One, two.
everything that he wants to just ask a man who was thrown on the bones of Elisha if there's anything that he can't do just ask the stone so thankful 
for this time of worship in your presence, God. And as we're here in your presence, Lord, I would ask that you would be with us as we prepare to study your word. Lord God, would you anoint the words that are spoken to us, that are taught to us? Use those words, God, to stir up our hearts towards you. And Holy Spirit, I would ask that you'd anoint those working with our children. God, give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them, oh God. You are so good, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And it's in your holy name I pray. Amen. 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 And Pastor Georgina, would you come on up and teach the children a Bible verse? Wow. Cool. Hi, guys. Hello. Thank you. Can you help me pass those out? Cool. All right, guys. So who knows the big question of all time? What is the best book ever written? What is the name? Do you know? Good job. Yes. Very good. Hello, Nathan. Yes. And do you remember what the first book of the Bible is named? What the name of the first book of the Bible? Anybody? Genesis. Very good. The book of Genesis and our story today comes from the Bible, right? And so we know that it's true. And we are continuing on with Abraham. And remember that last week we learned that God made a promise to Abraham. Who remembers? Raise your hand if you remember. God made a promise, a covenant, right, with Abraham, right? And Abraham left with his wife and Lot, his nephew, right, Susanna? And they went to the land of Canaan, right? And they settled there, but they started to grow and multiply, right? So they had a lot, a lot of people and a lot of animals, right? All together, and the animals were getting all mixed up. And Abraham was like, this is not good. We got to separate a little bit, right? So he told his nephew, Lot, he said, Lot, look over the whole land, right? And you decide which way you're going to go, right? And I'll go the opposite way. So Lot took this side. And then Abraham took this side, right? And everything was good. Yes, ma'am. Oh, a hot desert? Cool. Okay, thank you. Thank you for telling me that, Susanna. But guess what? There were four kings. Can you guys do four? There were four kings in the land, right? And they four, and they fought against five kings. Can you show me five fingers? Five kings. I know. And guess who won? Because they had a they had a fight, right? Full Guess house. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they know that. <laughs> the four kings. Yeah, the four kings won, right? Thank you so much. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I missed that. What kings won? The four. Four kings. You knew it. Avery knew the answer. Four kings. They won. And guess what? They took all the land. Yes, Ian. That's right, Ian. Good job. God helped them, right? Okay. So the four kings won, right? And then what happened? They took all the processions that the kings, that the five kings had, and they took all the people with them. And guess who was with among the people? It was Lot's Lot, Abraham's nephew. They took him away, and they took all that he had away with him too, right? And Abraham was like, oh, no, that cannot be, right? I must help my nephew. So Abraham got a lot of men, only 300 really, to fight against the four kings. And guess who won? 
That's right, God, because, yeah, God always wins. Good job. Yes, Abraham, right? So God helped Abraham win, and Abraham was able to take his nephew, what's his name? Lot. Can you say Lot? Lot. Lot. Good, right? He took his nephew back and his possessions, the things that he owned, and then Abraham went home, and he had a special visitor. Yeah, he met the king named Melchizedek. Do you like that name, guys? Cool. Yeah. It, mean, it means king of righteousness. It's really cool. You don't like the name? Okay. It's, it's, yeah. It's, it's hard to spell. Melchizedek. <laughs> yeah. So Melchizedek was a priest of God most high. I know. And he blessed Abraham. And that's our Bible verse. Are you guys ready to hear? And we have listening ears. Good. He said, blessed be Abraham by God most high creator of heaven and earth. Right. And praise be to God most high who delivered your enemies into your hand. So Melchizedek, right. He blessed Abraham and then Abraham gave him like part of what he owned. He gave him a gift. Do you guys like gifts? Raise your hand if you like gifts. Good. Yeah. So Abraham gave a gift to Melchizedek. And guess what? Jesus is king and priest, just like Melchizedek. But Jesus is better, right? Because Jesus died and rose again so that whoever believes in him will live with God forever. Isn't that awesome? So cool. All right. Very good, guys. So you ready to say the Bible verse with me? So you guys repeat after me nice and loud, okay? Okay, Genesis 14, Genesis 14, verses 19 through 20. Verses 19 through 20. Good job. Blessed be, Abraham, Blessed be Abraham by God Most High, by God Most High. Creator, of heaven and earth. creator of heaven and earth. Good job. And praise be to God Most High. Who delivered you? Who delivered you from? Oops! Delivered your enemies. Delivered your enemies into your hands. Into your hands. Oh my goodness! You're excellent. So good. Can we give them that sticker, baby? Yeah, I'll take some. Yeah. Here we go. Nice job, guys. Okay, we're gonna pray, and then you get to go. But we're passing out stickers, okay? So do you remember what we do when we pray so that we don't get distracted? Who remembers? Susanna, how do we pray? How do we pray? Do we bow our heads? Okay, so tell everyone. We bow our heads and close our eyes. Okay, ready? One, two, three. Father in heaven, we are so grateful, Lord God, for all your blessings, Lord. You are amazing and so good to us, God. You are the king eternal, Lord God, and the best priest ever. In Jesus' name, what do we say? I'm going to catch a fish. (laughs) Very good job, Nathan. The, the last thing that was said was open to interpretation. I heard, I'm going to catch a fish over here. So, As long as there's an interpretation. Welcome to the vineyard. So glad that you're here. Welcome to those of you joining us online. 
And uh, I love watching the kids do that, right? That's like church. It's all good. So um, uh, if you're a first-time guest or visitor, that little code up there is for you. If you were to take your smart device, turn on the camera, and point at that, a little link will pop up on your phone. Press it. It'll ask for your, it's a digital connect card, your uh, name, phone number, email address. What we're going to do if you fill it out is we're going to send you... Uh, a couple of texts and a couple of emails over the next six weeks. Also, if you are a first-time guest and you didn't get a gift on the way in, get one back at guest services on the way out, okay? So that's that. Also, we're praying for our neighbors, remember? And these little um, magnet things are out there on your way out and always grab some. And I, 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 I you want you to walk by your neighbor's house and pray for them. Don't go in. Don't mess with them. But just... <laughs> Pray for them, and then leave a little thing on the thing, and all the directions for this are on the app, and it just says, hey, we prayed for you, and um, we want to continue to pray for our neighbors and ask God to do mighty things. So we're going to do that right now. Uh, We're going to do that corporately, so just sort of get your neighbors in your mind, those people that live around you, and uh, let's go before the Father. Papa, we lift all of our community up to you, and uh, we ask God that you would help us to love our neighbors well, to live in a way that helps people come to know you. And we ask, God, that you would bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people would come to know you as their Lord and Savior. You are an awesome God. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And then another thing, uh, so when I was away a couple of weeks ago, I took some time to pray about, you know, things that, that, you know, what do we need to do? And as we're changing uh, seasons again, I mean, we're, I think we're heading into a, a good season. And, and, um, and so what do we need to do and how's that look? And he gave me some ideas. Well, one of the things is that we have shifted a lot of things over the last couple of years into all of our digital platforms, and I don't think we talk about them enough, and that there's a lot of stuff happening. And so by that, I mean our app and our website. And so this code is different than the first one. If you've never downloaded our app, I'm going to encourage you to do that. And over the next little period of time, I'm going to take a minute and just talk about what's going on on the app, because we introduce a lot of things that are on the app that really that's the only way you're going to get some of these things. So it starts by getting the app. And again, if you had your smart device and pointed it at that code, it would give you options to download the app. And so this week, what I want to talk about on the app, uh, and it's something that replaced something a couple of years ago, and that's our fill-in notes section. And so on the app um, are the fill-in notes. And so there used to be a thing that you filled out that you could follow along with and write down on the notes, things that were being said. And we, we don't do that anymore. We're not going back to that because we can do it this way. I'd encourage you, though, to do this. As you listen along, type in the points. There's room on the app to type in your own little notes, and then it goes to your email. Why? You write things down, you remember it a little longer, and you can go back and look at it during the week. And so I'd encourage you to do that. Also, uh, it gives you a reason to be staring at your phone the entire time I'm talking. Because <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. I, and I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. And, assume, and I could look out, and all of you could... And it's all good, okay? So... That's this week's commercial. We're going to continue on in the series we're doing called, Are You Talking to Me? And uh, based on John, uh, a verse in John chapter 6, where Jesus has said some hard things, and he, uh, everybody's laughed except for his disciples. He said, you guys leaving too. And Peter says, where will we go? Jesus, you have the words of eternal life. And um, he does. And remember, eternal life, you know, I think too often we equate that with something off in the distance 
that's the power of life that Jesus brought onto the scene when he, when he arrived and defeated the power of death with it. And it's, it's available to us. And Jesus in the Gospel of John is teaching us how to live this new creation life. And, and I love that John records all these stories and things that Jesus says to help us live. And so we're kind of looking at things Jesus said. Last week we were talking about choices and living by doing the next right thing and how important that is. And we're going to build on that this week as we look in John chapter 6 together. And uh, let me do the bad jokes so that we can move on. These are not things that Jesus said, by the way. (laughs) Although it would be really funny if he had. What did one eye say to the other eye? Between you and me, something smells around here. Did you hear my chiropractic joke recently? I told it about a week back. Do you know why there are Pop-Tarts and not Mom-Tarts? Pastriarchy. Alice, my love, please come. I have left you with a group in a perfect place for the reading of the word. I used to love Pop-Tarts. Now I just love watching my grandchildren eat them. <laughs> the, um, the filling notes on the app are cool, but I, I have a thing about pens, which you know. And so I bring my own little note because I like colorful pens. And to, yes, exactly. So, you know, but I am an older person. You could get the iPad with the pen that writes on it, right? Nah. And then you could do it that way. Yeah? No. I get... <laughs> That just doesn't okay. do it. I was going to get you that for Christmas, but now I'm <laughs> just going to buy you another notebook. Uh, you know. Score for me. And there it is. Yeah. I already told him what I wanted for Christmas. Yeah, yeah we can't talk about Christmas. Right, Douglas sorry. just shut me off. Let's move okay. along. All right, let's pray. Let's get let's ask, let's ask the Lord back into the room. Father, thank you that you never left, Lord. We know you never left the room. We know, Father, that every good and perfect gift comes from you. And, Lord, today we ask for understanding that as we open your word, Father, and listen for your voice, we would understand what you have to say to us. I pray, Father, that there would be peace today on the people that you love In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, if you're able, for the reading of the word. As Steve said, this is the book of John, chapter 6, verses 5 and following. And this is when Jesus feeds the 5,000. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. And Philip answered him, it would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up, here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. 
When they had had all enough, when they all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who has come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. Blessed be the word of the Lord. Y'all can be seated. So we're going to be looking at something Jesus says here. Uh, he looked up, uh, saw a great crowd coming toward him. He says to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? And now Jesus obviously knows what he's going to do in this situation. But what he's doing is he asks questions to get us to think. And what he wants us to do is learn to think outside of our own narrow focus. And so he uses real-life situations to train his disciples. And I hope you realize he does that with us. He uses real-life situations, uh, and as we continue to press into them and look for him, he helps us over time to learn to sort of think more like he does. And he, he, we even know from the Scripture, he asked them only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. So, so Jesus, because he loves us and he's training us all the time and he wants us to have the, you know, most amazing life that we can have, he's using situations and encouraging us to learn to think more like him so that ultimately we get to this point where the choices that we make, and we talked about this last week and we talked about doing the next right thing. Are we going to do it his way or are we going to do it our way? And over time, what we learn is his way is always better than our way, but we do have a tendency to try and get our way going first. And I, I will often say that what happens is our focus, our narrow focus is that we sort of get caught in the center of the story. And we're not the center of his story. He's the center of his story. He invites us in. Another way I always say this, he's the noun of the story. Where are the adjectives to the story? We're, we're to be describing him but by nature, we have a tendency to keep putting ourselves in the middle of the story. And when we're in the middle of the story, we try to do it our way. I had this thought this week that, oh, before I tell this whole story, let me tell you another story. So remind me I met the thought. Because uh, this is kind of funny. Um, so yesterday, Hannah, who is Pastor Fran and Pastor Georgina's daughter... Uh, she asked me, hey, she has a school project. She needs to interview someone who, um, who knows about jail and prison ministry. And would I do it? And uh, you, you may not know this, but back in the 90s, I, I spent a lot of time in and out of jail and prison. As a chaplain, <laughs> I do want to clarify that and give it some context. But some 90s were wild, right? Anyway. So I was in and out a lot, and so I spent a lot of time. And so she asked me a bunch of questions, and it, uh, Georgina videotaped it, and she sent it in for her project, and, and the teacher gave her 100 and responded, that was very interesting. And I just tell you that so that you can, you can know that apparently I'm very interesting. <laughs> and that should keep you engaged for the next few minutes that we have, because I'm very interesting. Thank you very much. It's good. So, uh, all right, back. I had this thought this week. 
because I got frustrated in the beginning of the week. Anybody here ever get frustrated? Yeah. And I, and I was, I was frustrated and I'm trying to figure out how to get something, you know, that what I needed to do and everything. And I, I felt the Lord just impressed on me. However, he does that with you. Um, he, he says, Steve, you're, you don't have me in the equation. I said, ah. And I realized that's significant. That, that when I'm frustrated or anxious or angry or any of those things, very strong possibility that what I've done is I've left God out of the equation of my life. And God is amazing, right? And God is always doing things that I can't... Doesn't Have you figured out over time that, that something happens and you think of about a dozen ways that, that you might want to go through it and then God has a way of doing it that you never even thought of? It's so much better than any you thought of. But you've spent all this emotional energy worrying and trying to fix things and, and just being all upset. And, and I really felt like, you know, what the Lord was impressed. I'm like, listen, any time that you feel that way, remember how you're feeling right now, that frustration, instead of running with it, just get me back in the equation. Amen. Yeah. And, and that's a very important thing, that we keep God in the equation of our lives. And, and so that's what this quick story is about in John chapter 6. It's, it's Jesus teaching his guys to keep them in the equation that things are different than they can be. So Jesus goes up on a mountainside. He sits down with his disciples. Uh, the Jewish Passover feast was near, so there's a lot of people in town. Jesus looks up and saw a great crowd coming toward him. He says to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? Lots of people. We're going to find out there were 5,000 men, plus women and children. So 10,000, 15,000, there's a lot of people there. And, and uh, Jesus has just looked at Philip and said, yeah, we should probably feed these folks. And, and Philip's like, you can, I, you, I want you to hear the frustration in Philip's voice. Philip answered me, it would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Jesus, we couldn't feed them. We could even give them a bite for a half a year's wage. It just, it can't, can't do it. Can't be done. And another one of the disciples chimes in, Andrew Simon, Peter's brother. He speaks up. He says, well, here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? So they don't have God in the equation, right? This is the the equation. Keep God in the equation verse. For nothing is impossible with God. I love that. Nothing is impossible with God. He may not do it our way, but nothing is impossible with God. Why is it so hard for us to keep God in the equation in our lives? Because we get stuck right here. But what about me? See, it's a trust issue. It's, there's, and, and we have this thought that gets us because we get in the center of the story. And well, what about me? What, if, what about me? Am I going to get missed out? Is God going to take care of me? What about, what about, what about me? And there's this backstory going on with the disciples that's so cool. So I love that there's four gospels because the the guys all sort of give you different insight. They're, what they remember of what was happening. So it's very cool. And so this same story in Matthew has this really cool thing that adds to the story. Matthew 14, 15 and following. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. And Jesus replied... They do not need to go away. You, you give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. So this adds to the story. How? Well, here's, here's this. You know, Matthew's take on the story was all these people were around, 
And the disciples, they're hungry. And that's legitimate, right? They've been there a long time. They're hungry. You ever get hungry? If you're like me, when you get hungry, the next thing that happens is you get hangry, which isn't pleasant. And so they're hungry. They're getting hangry. And um, what they have done is they have figured out how to feed themselves. They've figured out, they've, they've mugged this little kid. <laughs> they've taken his five loaves and two fish. And my thinking is that out of that, they're pretty confident they can feed the 12 of them Jesus, and hopefully they're going to give this little kid at least a sandwich. So let's figure out, they got 14 fish sandwiches lined up and they're hungry. But they know they can't eat in front of all these people, because they know all those people are hungry too, but it's like, that's not my problem. I'm hungry, and we have figured out how to feed ourselves. And so they go to Jesus, and they say, listen, you need to send these people away, because we're hungry. And what does Jesus say? They're hungry too. You feed them. And it's like, oh no. Because they, they got five loaves and two fish and there's 15,000 people. And, and so it's a, it's a problem. But what's the solution? Is it you got to trust God and know that he's bigger than what you think about. And you just have to be willing. There's a willingness that's going on here to step outside of the what about me. It's just a willingness and knowing that God is faithful and he's so much better at taking care of us than we are of ourselves. And so you just have to be willing to use what you have. That's all he's asking them. And so I have this thought that what they do is initially Jesus says, okay, you feed them. And they're like, all right, fine. Give Jesus the fish and the loaves and all of us are going to be hungry, but it's Jesus. So, you know, he's earned it, right? And uh, they give him this thing. And then, so think about the picture because I think this... This just takes the disciples and just blows their minds, right? So they know what Jesus has. They know the five fish and the two loaves. And he has everybody sit down, thousands and thousands of people in groups of 50. And he says, okay, we're going to feed them. And he brings the disciples up and he does what he does. Jesus is the food. Boom, puts it in a basket, gives it to the first disciple. He goes and feeds 50. While he's doing that, he takes another basket, boom, gives it to a disciple. He goes to do a group of 50 on he goes, 12 disciples out, 50. So 50 at a time, that's 600. First round, 600 people. Well, there's thousands of people. The disciples have to keep coming back with empty baskets, getting them filled. Don't you think that, that after the first time, when he filled it again, that, and, and can you imagine? And just being a part of God's story like that is what changed their life. To me, that was the big deal, that they were a part of that. I, I think they probably talked about that for, do you remember when he took those five loaves and two fish? And how many people he, do you remember? Do you remember? And then look what happens at the end. He says, uh, when they'd had enough to eat, so everybody got enough to eat. Not, they had a little, they had enough. They were satisfied. Gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. And so they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of five barley loaves by of those who had eaten. Now, there's something at work here. It's a kingdom principle. It's a new creation principle. And we've talked about those there in the Beatitudes. That's what this new creation living looks like. And one of them is really cool. It's blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. And so... How is mercy displayed here? Well, the the disciples come and they use what they have. They give it because they know that everybody's hungry like they are. And this crowd that's come is not only physically hungry, but spiritually hungry. So they give what they have to Jesus. What does Jesus do? And I hope you've made this connection in the past, but just in case you haven't, when they pick up the baskets full, 
How many full baskets are there? Twelve. Why? Twelve disciples. Every disciple gave up his sandwich, gets a basket full in return. But beyond that, they got to be a part of God's story. I'd say they were so full from all of it that that's just sort of a cool thing to watch. But you got to know that God's got you and you can trust him. And it comes down to this. Who's the king? And, and sometimes you, the, that story that I just told you is ended there and they forget this part. This is a, one of the most significant parts of the story of what's going on and why it's so important is this. Look at this. After the people saw the sign that Jesus performed, after they'd all eaten, that was a pretty cool deal, right? That was like the best deal they've ever had. All they did was show up to listen to a little message and they got a sandwich. They began to say, surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. This is the guy we've been waiting for. This is the Messiah. He's going to overthrow the Romans. We talked about that. And what they want to do is they want to make him king. And Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king, how? By force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. That phrase here is important. They wanted to make him king by force. See, that's about a people who want to make Jesus king so that they can use Jesus. It's a selfish motivation. Hey, we make him king. We got fish sandwiches. We make him king. He's going to deal with the Romans. They, they want him to be king for selfish reasons. But see, a king is one who rules, not who is ruled by others. And Jesus is loving them well when he withdraws because here's the deal. If you're telling Jesus what to do, you're the king, not him. And we're not. And, and the posture that we need to have is different. See, what we have to be doing is asking what he wants from us. See, I hope you see that the shift with the disciples was that, that there was a need. There was a situation. They were hungry. It was, a, it was about them at the moment. And what they wanted to do was they wanted to tell Jesus what to do. Jesus, send these people away so that we can eat. Instead of coming to Jesus and say, Jesus... All of us are hungry. What do we do? Do you see how one way, you know, signifies he's the king and the other way doesn't? And so we're to be coming to Jesus like that with this prayer in mind. Let your kingdom come, God. We're hungry. The world around us, God, they're, they're, they're desperate for you. How do we come and serve you today? What does that look like today? If he's your king, then make sure every day he's the one on the throne of your life, not you. But that's something you're going to have to work through because our tendency is to sort of acknowledge Jesus early on and then put ourselves right back on the throne. And there's no life there. Life is found. Him on the throne. You look into him. You being led by him. That's where full and abundant life is. And that's the life that he wants you to have. So keep plugging in and checking in on him. And uh, that's that story. Cool story, right? Amen. Okay, uh, ministry team, those of you here, why don't you head over the wall? We're going to open the ministry wall back up. So if you need prayer for anything, please um, let someone pray for you before you go. Sometimes we just need somebody with skin on to pray for us. we got situations, and, and we want to make sure that you have time for uh, ministry. So the ministry folks will be over there in a minute, but we're going to seek the Lord, and then, uh, then we'll go from there. Papa... You are, you're amazing. Your love for us is amazing. The love that you showed for the disciples was amazing. The love you showed for the crowd 
was amazing, not only in meeting their needs, but in also, even when you withdrew, so that they, they couldn't try and make you king for their own selfish reasons, but that you could be the true king, the one true king, the one who is worthy of everything, the one who loves us so much that he comes and he teaches and he trains and he blesses and he gives mercy and forgiveness. Oh, God. I would, I would just pray today for some of you. For you just need to receive a, a big chunk of the mercy of God back in your life. Because you, you need his mercy so you can extend mercy. Something has happened in that flow for some of you and you haven't been extending mercy. And, and you need to... Do, Let Jesus be the center of your story. And if you have found yourself frustrated or angry or judgmental or critical or anxious, strong chance you got yourself right in the middle of the story and there's no life there. The enemy wants to keep you there, not God. And that you just need to, just with this, this big rush of mercy, God, just let mercy flow upon us like, like honey out of heaven. Just let it flow on us even now. That we might receive your mercy and extend your mercy into all of our relationships and into the world around us. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. And let that, just give you a brand new start today, a new beginning, a new hope, freed from frustration and anxiety and worry and fear and living out of his hope, his life. Amen. Just as Jesus pulled away after he'd been with a crowd, I feel like there's some of you that your work or your life, you're with people all the time. And he's asking you just to come away from the crowd, to pull away from the chaos, to put everything electronic down, and just to listen for him. It's soul care. And he wants to speak to you. He wants to strengthen you. And he wants you to see that mercy flow through your life. But, but this specifically is for someone that just hasn't had time to sit back with just the Lord. And if that's you, I want to encourage you to do that because I feel like you're really going to get ministered to from him as he is faithful to do. Amen. Amen. Good word. All right, so prayer will be over there if you need it. Listen, this whole journey starts with Jesus. If you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, now is the perfect time. He's done everything that needed to happen at the cross and then in defeating death. Our part is to believe in our hearts, confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord. If you've never done it, do it today. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? That's how it starts. And I'd encourage you, start. Best decision you will ever make in your life. Thanks again, church, for your amazing generosity. What a joy it is to partner with you. Uh, and, and thank you for your faithfulness to giving and offering and tithing and making a difference. What a joy it is to make a difference with you. 
We are. Thank you for the candy and stuff. We're giving that out tonight. We just want to bless folks, and thank you for allowing that to happen. Very, very cool. Let's sing doxology, and we'll dismiss, and it'll rain children. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. Go out these doors. They'll be open for you. This American first stuff is out there. Operation Christmas Child and all the other things are there. Have a great day, guys. We'll see you soon. Thanks for watching online. We love you guys. Have a great day wherever you are. Hope you enjoy whatever the weather is where you are. We're going to enjoy our uh, cold front of 81 today. Ooh, we're excited about that. Hi, Mary and Renee. I know you're watching. Thanks, Renee. Bye.